0: Hello and welcome. It's Adina from the Immigrant Finance Podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Let me introduce myself for a second. I am an immigration attorney who's been practicing for nearly 10 years. I'm also an accredited financial counselor and a financial and business coach specializing in empowering immigrant families, really move from surviving to thriving and build wealth. And live to their fullest potential. I got involved in this work from a unique experience where I am actually not an immigrant myself, but my husband is. And I have gone through with him the whole experience and journey of what it looks like to come to this country and know nothing about finances and have no resources and what that can do to you personally and as a family. And what happened for us was Mal came here in 2013. And when he came, we really struggled about money for several years. And even as an immigration attorney, I couldn't find any information out there about how immigrant families could navigate the financial system. I didn't know whether he could have a bank account or a credit card or invest or whether he'd be able to have a mortgage or retirement fun someday as we thought about growing our lives together. And this was really hard and it caused a lot of anxiety and stress and overwhelm for us. We spent about the past 10 years really obsessively studying the intersection of the immigration system and the financial system and learning how they really work together, how people can navigate it, um, and first started sharing about what we were learning in 2018 on our website at immigrantfinance.com, which we'd love for you to check out. We've got a ton of free awesome resources that can be helpful up there. Um, and so once we started this website and started blogging about this topic and really seeing there was nothing out there on the whole internet, we knew that the, we had we had something that was helping people and we knew that we needed to take that very seriously and expand it. So, we have since grown the platform where we've now got this podcast, um, our YouTube channel, a um, ton of social media education content out there. You can check us out on various platforms. We've got a free Facebook group. Um, where people can hang out and check out some of our trainings. And for those who are looking for more support, we have our signature immigrant finance school program where we really focus on helping immigrants learn how to do everything financially, regardless of their financial um, or immigrant situation. And we help people make massive financial shifts so they can move from surviving to thriving, to move from the paycheck to paycheck situation with no plan to having a plan to create lifetime wealth um, and to really move forward their goals and thrive. Um, This is something we are extremely passionate about doing. um, And it is our act of service to the world. And we hope to see more and more immigrants who are taking these steps, um, who are supporting each other and growing this amazing community so that we can see more immigrants building wealth. Our goal is to, over the next five years, help 1,000 immigrant families invest over $10 million together. So join us in this journey. Um, Let us know about what steps you're taking to move forward your finances. Share, Share out these episodes. Share out our posts so that we can get the word out and encourage your family and friends to take steps to become more financially empowered because this world would look very different and our immigration laws and system would look very different. And frankly, the people who vote and determine the future of this country would look very different if more immigrants were financially stable and strong and building wealth. So thanks for joining us on the ride and we can't wait to connect with you. Um, Always love hearing from our audience. So shoot us a message on Instagram at immigrant.finance. Um, and we can't wait to connect. Enjoy the episode and take care. Hello, hello, everyone. It's Adina, your host of the Immigrant Finance Podcast. Welcome, welcome today for our episode that's going to be about the five most common fears and doubts that are holding people back from starting a business. Now the five we're going to go over, I have personally experienced and to be honest, continue to experience a lot of them still to this day. And so the big picture thing to think about with this topic before we dive into what those five most common fears and doubts are is that this is actually normal when you start a business to experience these fears and doubts. And There is a lot of emotional up and down roller coaster vibes that comes with entrepreneurship. That was something that was really eye-opening for me to realize that that's just part of the game because when I was first starting immigrant finance, now about five years ago at the time, I was experiencing a lot of these in a really, really strong way. As I said, I still continue to, but it's in a more minor way because I've learned strategies to deal with them. Um, but at the time, I thought it was something wrong with me. I thought it meant that I wasn't cut out to do this. I thought it meant I was gonna fail. I thought it meant that I was in over my head. I thought it meant that really bad things were gonna happen, right? Or you know, the the uncertainty was too overwhelming. I wouldn't be able to handle it. So when I realized one day from research and talking to lots of people in the online business community and different. Friends and colleagues and coaches and mentors, I, it finally clicked one day that this is actually part of entrepreneurship. All entrepreneurs are going through this; they just don't talk about it that much. So you might see even really, really successful bus, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs in the media and online who might you know be talking about making six figure months, and you know founders of startup companies are really successful. All of that. You might see these people and think, oh, they were just born to do this, or they don't they don't experience these doubts that I have. It's actually not true. It turns out that all of these people are experiencing these things. The only difference is they have learned that these things are not reasons to not start. That is the game changer, and I hope that's the takeaway you get from this episode today to realize that these experiences of doubt and fear are normal they're part of entrepreneurship, they're part of starting a business, um, and that they actually don't go away. Um, But they do get easier to handle over time in the sense that, you know, some things that might take you four months to process or work through or a year or two years now, if you do the work and you do the inner work and to, you know, be the person you need to be to start the business you're meant to start, to help the people you're meant to help, You learn strategies, and if you get the support you need, you know, you learn strategies and you work through and you have experience working through these things where it actually gets easier over time. So, something that took you months or years before might just take days or even hours or even minutes later on. And another thing about this is something I tell our coaching students all the time is that every time you up level, so every time you know you you're growing as a person, and you you reach a new level, and you're going outside your comfort zone. All of the fears and doubts that are particular to you, right? We all have certain ones that that resonate with us more, that we experience more. They all come up every time you up level, and the up levels can look really different, right? In the beginning, the up level could be just p- making your first post on Instagram, announcing your business, but maybe five years from now, it could be you know pitching to big companies or leaving your job to like go all in on your business right so the 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 risk level and the degree of the up, up levels actually get bigger and more significant and these same fears and doubts come up each time and because they don't go away, right? Um, But you do work through them faster. That is the good news here. If you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to learn how to get past these barriers and mindset challenges that come up so that you can keep going and fulfill your business and create the business you're meant to make, you will develop that muscle. It's just like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it grows, the easier it gets. Um, So I can say now that things that I for sure can, you know, have documented that took four months to work through just a couple years ago, now take me just a few hours to work through because I've had that experience and I've had that support and I understand it's part of the process. I understand it's normal. I understand it's expected and I understand it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It's just part of the process. I hope that makes sense. Let me know if you all have any questions about that because I am talking really big picture here, but I want you to have that foundation before we go into what those five most common fears and doubts are. Oh, I have so much to say on this topic. Seriously, I love nerding out about this. If you all ever want to nerd about it, nerd out about it together, let me know. So the first one, let's jump in, is fear of judgment. And let me go ahead and name them all and then I'll go through each of them. First one is fear of judgment, particularly judgment of ourself. So being really hard on ourselves. The second is fear of judgment from others. Thinking, you know, caring too much what other people think. The third is fear of failure. The fourth is really more doubt, um, imposter syndrome, like thinking you can't do it. Right. And then the fifth is also a form of doubt, which is believing it's not possible, believing it's too good to be true. Right. And so think about these for a minute. Have any of these come up for you? Right. And we'll go into them in a second, what those look like and what they might feel like. Right. Um, And think about which one, though, initially is resonating and coming up. And is it all of them or is it one in particular? Some of the most impactful inner work you can do to be able to move past these fears and doubts is to get really familiar with which are the ones that come up with you the most so that you can flag them. Because if we're not aware of them, if we can't flag them, that it's very hard to get support and learn how... To work past them, it's very hard to learn strategies ourselves to work past them if we don't even know what they are. So the first step is really getting that awareness of which is coming up for you, right? Okay, the first one: um, fear of judgment of self, being really hard on yourself. Ooh, this is this is a big one for me. I would say this is you know I'll probably say this for all of them, but this is one of the big ones. Has been one of the big ones for me. Um, yeah, I mean we we can be so hard on ourselves. We can judge ourselves, especially. You know, if you've been raised in an immigrant family or a few generations down from an immigrant family like I have, you know, I'm third generation, there's just this like mindset and history and experience, lived experience of having to struggle and work really hard and for things to have to be really, really hard and for you to have to just really go all out and overextend yourself and overwork to get the results you want. And maybe if you're like me, you have been doing that for a very long time now and you've become successful or you've at least become financially stable or you're you know at least better off than the prior generations were because you have put in that effort and that hard work, right? Sorry, just have my sip of coffee. Um, and so you've been – you've been so hard on yourself and it's worked for you, but it's at a point where it doesn't feel good anymore. And it's actually damaging and it actually is holding you back from going to your next level and reaching more of your potential. Because the thing is, when we're really, really hard on ourselves, we're creating a lot of tension and we're creating a lot of pressure. And that's actually the opposite vibe we need to be in to embrace the abundance that we have, to you know, fulfill our purpose and do what we're meant to do. When we're really hard on ourselves and put all that pressure, it just makes it harder. Um, and so that's that's one to flag. When you ever notice you're being really hard on yourself, that could be a fear of judgment, right? Of you know, you're afraid of judging yourself, basically coming up. The second one is fear of judgment from others. This is a really, really big one too. Um, I have found in my experience that this is often kind of a tricky one where we think that we're, it's, we're afraid of what others think, but really it's, we're afraid (coughs) of what we think inside and it's not about others. I had to kind of go through the fear of judgment from others to realize it was more about, for me, fear of judgment on myself um, and being hard on myself. But you may be someone where it's fear of judgment of others and I definitely, you know, did experience that very seriously for a long time where I, I, you know, I consider myself a uh, recovering people pleaser, you know, cared way too much what other people think about pleasing others, making others happy, you know, making sure everybody felt comfortable. Um, I think women in particular really experienced this. We're taught to be, you know, the good girl and take care of everyone in our family Um, And just really defer to others, which ultimately gives our power away. Um, So if this is coming up for you, something you can do that was helpful for me was um, a coach of mine actually had me do this exercise where she had me write out in very significant detail exactly what I was afraid of happening in terms of others judging me if I were to take action and steps to do something I was really scared of, which was um, growing immigrant finance. And um, me personally, I was, you know, this is very vulnerable for me to share publicly, but I um, have had years of being really afraid of what other lawyers think about me um, in the lawyer field. You know, the, the legal field is a very traditional field. Um, you know, I I practice as an immigration lawyer, so I'm surrounded by a lot of legal professionals um, who I, you know, what they think matters to me, their colleagues, and there's a very traditional way of doing things. And so, Having a podcast, having an online business, right? Um, doing kind of this alternative work in the financial space instead of the legal space—all of those things are, um, you know, against the the norm. And so I did experience a lot of fear of what others thought and how they would judge me, and maybe even take action against me and my family. You know, it got pretty irrational, to be honest. And that's often how it works. So doing the exercise of writing out in great detail exactly what I thought would happen in the worst case scenario was really helpful because um, then my coach who had me do this read it back to me out loud. She read what I, what I had written and I laughed so hard. I laughed hysterically because it was so ridiculous to hear. I mean, it didn't make any sense. It was completely absurd. Um, And so Try that, like maybe have a a trusted family member or friend read back to you what you've written, because it can be really freeing to realize the absurdity of it and how, you know, the games our minds play on us. Um, And, you know, I still continue to have this fear going forward, but I am in a very different place after that exercise. I have been because I realized a lot of it was a mental trap, right, and not reality or not reasonable, um, and then I realized that it was really more about what I thought about myself, and and those, and I, you know, was able to go to that, back to that first fear we talked about, fear of judgment of self, to realize that um, I'm really hard on myself, and to work on that. Right. The third one is fear of failure. This is also really common. A lot of people never start businesses because they are afraid that it will fail, that it will not work out, and um, so they never start. Right. And so that overpowering fear of failure can really hold you back from just playing and just exploring and seeing what happens. It takes away the fun out of it. And it also just blocks you from even starting in the first place. But like, how can you know it's going to fail if you never even start? And if you haven't even started, you really have nothing to lose, right? By just starting. Um, So this one, I I actually haven't experienced this one as much, but I have a lot of friends and colleagues who have experienced this, one. I know it's really common. Um, So if you are going through the fear of failure, just ask yourself, like, why not? Like, maybe it will work out. Maybe it will be the best thing you ever did. Maybe you will help a lot of people and change people's lives. Maybe there's people who need your help right now who are waiting for you and you're the only and best person to help them right? Maybe this is your sole purpose. So ask yourself those kinds of questions, go down that question line to try to get past that fear of failure and just think of it more as like a play thing. The fourth one, going more into doubt, um, doubt and fear are really similar actually. Um, but this is more doubt than fear. So this is more about believing you can't do it and kind of imposter syndrome. If you've heard that term, um, where you kind of your mind also plays a trick on you and tells you you're not qualified enough, you're not capable enough. This one's also really common for women, but all humans experience this. Um, The way I see this the most in the community we work with is people think they need all these degrees and certifications in order to start a business and be a specialist or expert in their area. And I really disagree with that. Um, I can say with integrity, uh, from personal experience, I had the same fear. Actually, truth told, I waited years to start immigrant finance because I thought, well, I'm not qualified. I'm not, you know, a licensed financial professional. I didn't major in finance in college. I didn't go to business school. You know, what all all these things. Um, And so I waited for a really long time, and one of my other coaches who's, who's amazing. She really pushed me and was just like, you have lived experience. Like you, you know, you're starting a business to help immigrant families with finances and you are married to an immigrant and you've been struggling with this for years and you found ways to successfully get through it. And, and, you know, develop foundations to build wealth and help others. And, you know, you have a lot of value to share and like, you're also an immigration lawyer. So like you've worked with hundreds of immigrants and seen how the financial system has affected them and the immigration law system. Like, you know, you're meant to do this. So um, she helped me really rethink and recede that I I shouldn't wait for permission from some external, Body to tell me I can do what I'm meant to do. Right. So, a lot of this is also a lot about taking your power back. And I see this all the time, particularly women, but with lots of folks in our community that they think they need some certification um, or professional degree to start a business in the area they're interested in. And it's just not true. And so, I did listen to my coach. I did start immigrant finance, um, you know, without having any financial certification. It was based on my. Own research and experience, and you know things I had tested out and tried with my husband and with clients that I started working with, and friends, um, and also you know my immigration law knowledge, having that background to look at the financial system, and I was able to help you know a lot of people, dozens of people without having, um, any certification. And the reason I was so worried about it is I I wanted to make sure they were getting the most qualified services possible. And I I didn't want to do anything or advise anything that wasn't, um, you know, accurate and going to be the most helpful. And so the thing is usually, and this is something my coach told me too, usually people who are worrying about that, who are not the ones who are going to do something, Inappropriate or like give bad advice. Like if you're so worried about not giving the right information and you're over researching everything and double checking everything, you're usually not going to be the one of the ones we have to worry about. That's like giving bad advice, harming people. Um, you know, it's it's actually probably going to make you more careful than someone who's been practicing with a license for years, right? Um, that being said, you know you can start your business and then plan to get that license or certification over time to, you know, just With integrity, continue growing and doing everything you can to be the best um, person you can to help your clients to be the most in service. So years later, I did end up um, becoming becoming an accredited financial counselor. That happened because one of our amazing students, um, Carrie, actually recommended me for a scholarship they had to get the certification. So I decided to apply for it, got it, and went for it. And Um, became an accredited financial counselor. But that was years after starting immigrant finance and and providing financial coaching. So don't feel like you have to wait. um, Because, you know, if I had waited, I would have missed out on helping those probably almost 100 people who needed my help at that time. Right. Um, And when I did take the exam to be the accredited financial counselor and, you know, I, I definitely studied for it and prepared. But, it was more of a confirmation of what I already knew. I there it, it helped me, you know, feel more comfor- comfortable that like I've actually already been teaching all of this. Like there wasn't a lot of stuff I was missing. It refined my knowledge in some areas. There were a couple areas um, that I was not familiar with, like the bankruptcy system and uh, foreclosures and stuff like that. But overall, it confirmed that I knew what I was talking about, right? And that's probably going to be the same for you if you're doing this. From your purpose, you really care. You know you're serving people from the heart. You're gonna do everything possible to get them the guidance that they need and do the best you can. And most people aren't doing that, right? Um, so all the doubts about "I'm not good enough," "I can't do this," just know that's probably imposter syndrome. It's probably not true, and there's probably people who need your help right now, right? The fifth and final most common fear and doubt holding people back from starting a business is the doubt around that it's too good to be true. And this is one that ha- tends to happen more once you start getting a few clients, you start making a little money in your business, you know, it, it's working. And then the, the doubts start coming in. This can't keep happening. You know, the, the other shoe is going to drop. It's too good to be true. Um, you know, maybe you just got lucky this few times, Right. And uh, this has certainly happened to us and to several of our clients when they start getting clients and making money, especially when they see how easy it can be. People tend to freak out because it's like this, this is, you know, I've been trained. It's had, it has to be so hard and it's, it's, it's just happening and people are just coming to me and, and this is too good to be true. And then your brain freaks out on you. Right. That's kind of how this looks like. Um, but the thing is, when you are serving people from your purpose and you get clear on what your purpose is and you build a business around that and you're helping people, the money tends to flow. I have seen that time and time again with our with our coaching clients who start businesses. If they're really willing to commit and do the work, you know, and and embrace their purpose and do whatever it takes to fulfill that and make it happen, the universe responds to that time and time again. I can't think of one client I've had who's really shown up and done that that didn't have the universe respond, that didn't ever get clients. It hasn't happened because, um, you know, there's a there's a reason it's your purpose. And, and we are all meant to be following our purpose and we are all abundantly supported when we get in alignment with that. So the hardest work is really about letting yourself embrace and lean into and surrender what your purpose is and doing the scary work to start a business based on that and actually start it and get past all these other fears and doubts, the fear of judgment of yourself, of others, fear of failure, the imposter syndrome. If we can get past those and actually start the business, you're going to be okay, right? We're going to be okay. Um, and then the, the too-good-to-be-true part, that can be worked through next, right? And that's a whole nother level to work through, um, something I've only recently been working through in the past year or so. And a lot of it's just about letting yourself believe it gets to be really good, that it doesn't have to be so hard, that maybe everything we've been taught about how it has to be so, so hard, and we have to struggle so much was not true. And that all we have to do is just be in alignment and create what we're meant to create and help others. So I hope this was inspiring for you. Um, I, again, love talking about this stuff. This is like the mindset piece of business is the most important part. I always tell our students like, you know, I can teach you and I will teach you all the practical stuff and the strategy and help you set up the whole business and get clear on, you know, your marketing strategy and do sales training and set up your softwares and systems and all that. But none of that's going to work if you don't work through these five things I just mentioned. This is the real work that it takes to start a business. And the majority of businesses, unfortunately, do fail the first year. So if you're willing to work on these five types of things and and show up and do the inner work right to get past them, which really just takes getting support and you know doing some journaling and continuing to to face it and work past it right then you can be successful starting a business but it's going to require you to do this i just want to be upfront about that at least that's been my experience with myself and our business and with students we've helped start businesses you do have to face this stuff if you want to be successful and start it um so if this is something you're willing to do um you know it's it's because it's, it's, it's worth it, I would say, because we're all here for a reason. We're all here to help people and make a difference. And so we just have to get past this stuff so that we can do that, right? Um, and if you're willing to do that, we would love to invite you to apply to our Illuminate Digital Online Business Accelerator program. Um, this is a online business program that we do just about once a year. It's a 90-day program now. Um, where we do weekly coaching every week for 90 days, so for a three-month period, and we set up your whole business, we everything from getting clear on what your sole purpose is and what you're meant to do and who you're meant to help and what problem you're meant to solve to, you know, how to get your first clients and set up payment processing and develop your offer and you know develop your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, you set up your systems, do set up your LLC, business taxes and finances. We literally cover all of it in 90 days. We'll be setting up your whole business. It is an accelerator program, so it is a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And it's probably, you know, one of the most exciting things you'll ever do. Um, So if you're interested, you can go ahead and apply to join us over at www.illuminatedigitalaccelerator.com. And of course, anytime, just shoot us a message over on Instagram at immigrant.finance if you have any questions about how the program works. Um, or any feedback on this episode um, it's really helpful for us to hear from you all from you all what you think and get your feedback. So looking forward to connecting and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the immigrant finance podcast and congrats to you for taking some time to invest in learning about finances. It is one of the most powerful steps you can take in your financial journey, is just carving out the space and the time to prioritize it. It all gets easier from there. Um, if you found some value out of this episode, if you learned something, we would be so grateful if you could please share it with your friends or family. And also go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. It would really help us be able to reach and help more people. Those algorithms do make a difference. There's two um, ways you can also deepen your journey when it comes to finances um, with immigrant finance that we would love to invite you to think about. The first is to go and join our private free community group um, over on Facebook. It's called Building Generational Wealth for Immigrant Families. And you can check it out at facebook.com slash groups slash immigrant finance. There's a bunch of free prior trainings we've done under the tab guides. Um, You will also be able to access future trainings that we have going forward and connect with other immigrants and their family members who are also focused on building wealth and building a better future for them and their families. The other way you can get started is by learning more about investing. Investing is one of the most powerful acts you can take to build wealth and to stop trading time for money and start building passive income and building wealth for the future. We have a free masterclass that is all about how immigrant families can get started investing And you can check it out over at investingmasterclass.immigrantfinance.com. Thanks, and we hope you have a great rest of your day.